Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, wrap into your tree stand, and get Whoa. ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Whoa. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. That'd be us. That would be us. I believe we're live. I believe we are live as well. Not memory. We're showing our age using that commercial. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> is it live or is it Memorex? See, I remember that one. And ah. That's been a while, buddy. We're making some recalls this morning. All right. Welcome to Tony Sanders Outdoors. And we are live from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. Right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Good morning, Trout Professor. Good morning, Tony Sanders. How are you doing? I'm a bit chilled uh, this morning. It was a, a bit brisk out this morning. Don't expect. 43 degrees late April? No, not normally, but... Turkey whew. hunters going out should enjoy that. That will make the bugs a little less active. And snakes. And snakes. They all crawled back in their hole last night. Hopefully. So, yeah, good for them. So, have you been out turkey hunting? I have not. I have not either. Of course. Yeah, this whole, of course, this whole work thing and having a career and making money, you know, kind of cuts into our fun outdoor time. Yeah, I picked, as we talked last week, we picked like the worst professions to be in for turkey season. Radio? Or maybe, no. Oh. The others. <laughs> um, maybe the, um, maybe turkey season should be moved around us. I know a commissioner. I could write a couple of letters. Hey, try that. All I'm, right. I'm all for it. All right. I'll support it. <laughs> no, it's been, um, it's it's been an interesting turkey season. I, I've seen a lot of turkeys. On uh, on my Facebook feeds, then I've heard a lot of people complaining about the turkeys not being here. I've seen a lot. I've seen. I'm with you. I've seen a lot on the Facebook feed. It's just basically, you know, one turkey after another, and um, I have not heard that people are having trouble getting them. I've heard a few people, one or two people, but you know, I saw no, uh, Sonny the duck hunter got another one last night on public land. That's I think that's his second for the year, possibly third. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. He um he is the master of public land. Oh yes. Oh yes, without a doubt. But I've seen some big, big birds too. Seen some nice birds. Seen a lot of and my favorite ones, and I'm sure you're with me on this one. Seen a lot of young kids getting their first turkey and the the smiles on those faces in the pictures are just absolutely amazing. They're from ear to ear and big grins and you know, they're just having a big time outdoors. It's so great to see people taking their youth outdoors. Well, one of the, you know, the, one of the features of Facebook is it brings back your memories. And one day this week, the memory of my first turkey popped up. Yeah, mine did too earlier. And it was, I have to admit, it was cool. And I had a big grin on my face. Oh, I did too. Oh, I did too. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Good for them. Between accountancy, accountancy—I can't even talk this morning. Accountancy and teaching, we we did pick the two professions that tend to get real busy this time of year. Yeah, we got to work on that. Yeah, retirement for you, maybe. You're not much younger than me. <laughs> no, and I'm fixing to catch up closer <laughs> in the near future. All right. So, what's on your mind? We'd love to hear from you. Two six seven one zero two three. Two six seven one zero two three. I want to hear from the turkey hunters. One turkey hunters. They've gotten very quiet. 
They're not talking. They're not talking turkey. They're not. They should be. Seen a lot of big fish come out too. A lot of people have been fishing. If you've been catching them, hey, call in and let us know where. Especially me. Yeah, that's just happening. throwing that out there. That's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the the bass numbers are still holding pretty big. Mm-hmm. And of course, we had uh, you know we talked a little bit about last week. Andy Morgan claiming the uh, the uh, win mm-hmm. in the MFL. Mm-hmm. And uh, good for him and. Uh, I mean, there was. Do you see all the records that were set on that? Uh, the total fish weight for that tournament was seven thousand four hundred and fifteen pounds nine ounces. Now, here's the question, and and this is just because I'm new to this tournament series. Mm-hmm. Is there a limit on the number of fish they can catch? Apparently I'm, not. Huh. Um. Because we're the four day tournament, right? Right. Well, the go right there. Whoa, stop. Um, Morgan finished tied for 106 fish caught. Over 10 days. No. No, not 10 uh, days. Not 10 days. Four, uh, days. four days, sorry. I don't know where so I So it's not 20. So obviously there's no limit on what they're catching. Mm-hmm. It's because they're not bringing them back. It's just catching release. They weigh it right there on the boat, and they send it off. Right. So, obviously, they're letting them catch whatever they can catch. Mm-hmm. If, but if that's the case, would you not expect a pro fisherman to catch more than 25 fish a day? I don't know. 20, that's, I mean, now they may catch some. I mean, you may get, I'm going to call bycatch. You may get ones that are, you know, a pound. You know they're not going to do anything for you, so you may not even bother weighing. But again, that's the part we don't know what the deal is. Yeah. If it's just fish caught and weight yeah. together. Then, uh, then Because I made the comment after day one that the guy was catching, you know, he had five 12-pound fish. Well, I don't know that he did. He had 66 pounds, 62 pounds, whatever it was. But I don't know that he actually caught five of them. Gotcha. Yeah. That's what I don't know. Well, just an FYI, there were, uh, as far as five-pound fish in this particular four-day tournament, 74. Six-plus-pound fish, 36. Seven-pound-plus fish, 17. So. There's some big fish in Chickamauga. There are. Which is why all the tournaments are coming here. It is. (laughs) 7,415 pounds of fish. 3,829 fish. That's some good numbers. That shows good management. Well, and, and the fact that they're keeping track with the number of fish caught tells me that they're tr- keeping track of everything. Yeah. So. I'm telling you, Chickamauga's on fire. We are the new uh, Gunnersville. You don't hear people talking about Gunnersville anymore. Where? I, I think it was someplace in North Alabama, someplace called Gunnersville. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, there's still big fish down in Gunnersville, but you're right. Uh, Chickamauga has turned on. We have become a destination. We really have. Um, when you think big bass lakes, you know, you think Sam Rayburn and now Chickamauga is being mentioned in the top one or two. Who here thinks Sam Rayburn? I do. Yeah. Why? It's a big lake. Big bass. Out of? Texas. Uh-huh. That's one reason you think about it. Uh-huh. But it is true. I do think that uh, it has really become a, 
Unbelievable. Fishing spot. Mm-hmm. And my son, I have to give him kudos, went out and caught a uh, really nice fish the other day. Yeah, a, a walleye, big walleye. And uh, I asked him, because uh, I didn't know what the you know size limit was on a walleye, and uh, you said it was 15 or 16, something like that. Mm-hmm. He asked him how big that one was. He said it was 24, 25 inches, something like that. Wow. That, I'll have to check. That might have been a tarp. Would it? Really? I, let me check. L- allow me to check. My handy-dandy TWRA app. And on I'm, your new phone that you don't know how to use yet? I'm working on it. Give me a minute. <laughs> don't give me. Don't start with me this early in the morning, please. <laughs> Robert got it. Robert upgraded his phone last night. Yep. And if you've ever upgraded a phone, it takes you a while to figure out what the heck is going on. I will find that. Oh, it's a quest now. <laughs> Just entertain people while I while I. While I look for this here, I will do my best. All right, uh, I'll do my best. Aha! Uh-huh. Qualifying length and species. Uh, walleye, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight inches. He was, okay. He was close. He was close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was thinking that was close to tarp, but. And we've got a uh, comment from Jake Davis, who is morning, Jake, Mister Mister Everything Bass. There is no limit in MFL. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Uh, so there you go. Awesome. I'm trying to remember the. Oh, uh, let's talk about big fish. If you're on Facebook and you follow Sam Simon, he got a monster striper. I mean, this thing was huge. I I didn't quite catch the weight on it. Was it a tart? I'm thinking it had to be because that that thing was a monster. Um, I'll have, let me see if he said how big it was. Um, there's, there's something kind of exciting about um, springtime fishing. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And especially with, with some of the bigger fish because, you know, they're they're still getting. There you go. Good Lord. That is a toad. That is a, that is a certified river donkey right there. That, that thing would, is huge. That would be fun. And I made the, I made one of the comments on there. A uh, river donkey. Yeah. Okay. It, you hook that thing, it's gonna pull like a mule. I guarantee you. Okay. I don't. I trying to see what he he didn't say how big it was, but things things huge. I, I that's what I want to catch, one of the big big striper. Well, it was one of your tarp quests, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But the tarp quest on a striper for tarp, I think, is forty something. I think I shall tell you a tarp on a striped bass is 40 inches. That's a big fish. Wouldn't you like to catch it on a fly rod? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. It's like, um, that's like, uh, what is it the fish down in Florida everybody goes after? Tarpon? Tarpon, yeah. Yeah. Big striper on a fly rod. I don't know that I got a rod big enough for that. I'd have to borrow yours. You're 10 weight. Really? Yeah. It's hard to striper pull. I thought oh, you had an eight. I got an eight, but I'm not going out there with an eight. Right now. Okay. Not not for striper. I'm not. That'll snap that rod in a second. Really? Yes. Striper are mean. They're mean fish. They're evil. They're vindictive on tackle. Well, let's go after one. I I've, I've caught them before, but I've caught them off of a 
I was where was I? I was out in I was out in Narragansett Bay. We were east of Montauk and yeah. we were west of Nantucket and we were we were catching some nice Were you out there with the Kennedys and the Bushes? No, just the Kennedys. Okay. Um, it was me, Ted, oh, that's John, right. the Bushes are Bobby. in Maine, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I wasn't in Kenny Bunkport. But we were out there catching striper and then we went for chowder. We parked a car over there too. Took some nice pitches. What? Are you are you laughing at me? I am. I am. <laughs> it was wicked cold. It was wicked cold. Oh good lord. <laughs> two Bostonites on this radio station is is too too many. Me and my bro- me and my brother from another mother from Boston. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call this first segment done, so I can get out of here and regroup. Tony Sanders outdoors minus the trout professor. We'll be back here shortly. Well, last year we had a bumper crop when them white oak acorns started to drop. So many I twisted my ankle walking through the stand. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning. Talking a little fishing, hunting, guns, whatever you want to talk about, you can control the show. But until you call and do that. Two six seven one zero two three. I'm going to control the show along with you. Sounds good, Professor Trout. I'm never in control. Uh-huh. All right, turkey season. We're talking about mm-hmm. a hunter, and <laughs> it's so funny. Um, you said you were getting a bunch of emails about this and texts. Yes, like three days after we posted it on Tony Sanders Outdoors. Correct. Yeah, but I appreciate I appreciate all the texts. I do. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate do? people looking out for me and trying to feed me stories. I'm 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 very good with that. Thank y'all. Um, but you can follow Tony Sanders Outdoors on Facebook, and you will get a lot of stories because things get posted up there pretty quick. And they need to follow you because you post some pretty good ones every now and again. I do. I have fun with that. <laughs> anyway, a hunter in Rutherford County—that's where you're from, right? Debra's was born and raised there. 
But yeah, my mom lives in Rutherford County. You spent more time in Rutherford County than any of the other. Mm, not not well. Uh, maybe Hamilton. Um, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I'll have to do the math. When did you move to Murfreesboro? Nineteen. Just how old were you? Uh, five, six. Okay, and you seven. left there when? Uh, ballpark. Eighteen. Ballpark. No, you can't count going to college. You came back home and lived and worked. No, not not during college. I didn't. I know, but I mean, you were still, still your home. You don't count college years where you're living. Oh, okay. They don't count. Anyway, you've lived there. Like I said, you live there more. So anyway, in Rutherford County, managed to bag a hunter. Managed to bag a turkey of a lifetime. All right, on April sixth. Cameron Bond of Warren County shot and killed a wild-looking turkey, which reportedly had a condition known as, how do you say that? Leucism. Leucism. Resulting in a partial loss of pigmentation. It was pretty darn, pretty, pretty darn lost. Yeah, yeah, the loss was significant. In fact, it was white. Um, whoa, turkey of a lifetime, the agency wrote on social media. Along with the description of the bird's weight and measurements, 20 pounds, 9.5 inch beard, and seven and, or three-quarter inch spurs. The photo of Bond holding the turkey shows the feathers to be nearly all white, save for spots on the, its hind feathers. The TWRA added that the gobbler's beard was also darker. Um, so this was a really pretty bird. Yes, gorgeous. Now, this is not an albino bird. No. This is a... What bird? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I was looking something else up. Uh, leucism. It's it's loss of pigment. It's a genetic mutation similar to albi- albinism, but they're not true albinos. It's Think of it kind of like a piebald deer. Correct. So it's messed up coloration genetics. It's genetics are bad. Yes. And it says it was a, it, it looked like a big bird ball. It honestly did. It looked like, I th- for a second, I thought somebody went over to one of the turkey farms and got confused. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I literally thought, uh, dude, you're going to get in trouble. I would not have put that. Oh, okay, that was wild. Never mind. But it looked like one of the domestic turkeys. Yeah. So he took it out. And then uh, someone, and I didn't realize this, but uh, you, you pointed this out. Someone in Mississippi. Correct. Had done the same thing mm-hmm. uh, this year, I'm assuming. Yes, sir. And Keith Oberman of ESPN fame called to make this guy's life a living hell. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure Mr. Oberman has participated in turkey dinners. Yeah. And those are virtually all white birds. Oh, gosh, yes. I'm not sure what Mr. Oberman's problem is. Well, Mr. Oberman said... The uh, Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries said that the turkey that Waltman killed was exceptionally rare. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it is rare to see this type of genetic mutation. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a piebald deer. You don't see one every time you go out. It, they are kind of rare. Right. Well, Mr. Overman took it upon himself to say, well, if it was so rare, why did you kill it? You killed, you know, if they're that rare. He didn't understand the concept that this is a genetic freak. And basically said that the hunter, and tweeted this out, 
He went a step further and called the hunter a pea brain scumbag and the writer of the article for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries a nitwit clown because they were fawning over the killed turkey. Um, he called to make the writer's life a, and the turkey hunter a living hell. Unquote. Wow. And uh, basically he was reprimanded. Uh, Oberman, uh, it was, uh, it says, Obermuth? yes, it says ESPN had spoken to him not about making personal attacks, you know, and so he got slapped on the wrist and nothing's going to happen to him. Yeah. My late father used to tell me as I was growing up, the, the thing that most fathers tell your kids, it's much better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're stupid than open your mouth and let people know you are. Mm-hmm. And um, and he used to quote his favorite his favorite Bible verse was in Proverbs twenty seven three, and he paraphrased it. The Chuck Sanders paraphrase was, "If you have a brain in your head, you'll keep your big mouth shut." And and I and I I I, I remembered that, mm-hmm. and apparently he told that to my son too because he remembers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my job to express that to my grandson as he grows older too. You know. You've got a brain in your head. Keep your mouth shut. Yeah. So, anyway, um, Keith, Keith Oberman. And I'll be honest. I don't give a rat's ass what Keith Oberman thinks. Um, he, he just he just proved he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Nope. And he ought to stay in his lane, which is whatever lane he's in, stay out of ours. As far as I'm aware, he does not have a background in hunting. Um, he doesn't have a background in anything. I, I will agree with he's, that. He's a talking head on ESPN and has absolutely no class. That pretty much covers what I was going to say, so yeah. so I mean, I would listen to the man if he... Uh, that was just rude. I mean, calling to make somebody's life a living hell. Yeah. This guy's shot a turkey, put it up on Facebook, and now people are going to actually listen to this idiot and start making bad comments and rude comments to the hunter who was totally legal. And got a turkey of, I mean, how many people can say I shot a white wild turkey? Not many. So, I don't know what what the heck is going on with that. So, Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. This is David, truck driver. How's everybody? Wonderful, David. How are you? Good morning, David. Doing good. Doing good. I just want to start out this conversation by saying bacon. Y'all haven't discussed food yet. Um, <laughs> well, we said turkey. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, Keith Overman is a genetic mutation, isn't he? <laughs> I think he is. I'll Google that. Um, Just give me a second. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Look that up on your new phone there, Rob, <laughs> if you can find anything about it. Oh, gosh. Listen, you guys were talking about the uh, bass fishery at Chickamauga, and, and it is wonderful, but uh, uh, becoming a destination lake. And uh, it'd probably be fair to mention also uh, our catfish, uh, I mean, bluegill, brim, we it's just a all-around great fishery, period. Chickamauga is really a, just a great place to come fishing. You know, it really is, and uh, and I definitely in no means, you know, sliding catfish. I mean, our buddy Richard Sims at Scenic City Fishing, I mean, just they wear the catfish oh, yeah. out. Uh, you know, the but, I mean, this, this is an awesome area. When you think about all the water and all the different quality fisheries we have, the trout fishing, I know you bought, Rob's uh, fly box and fly uh, lessons uh, at the SEI banquet, and you're going to get a chance to get out and you know try that 
I mean, there's just all kinds. The it's an amazing area. Oh yeah, it's just it's fabulous. Of course, you know the hunting too. But you know this our lake. I mean, we're we're just really blessed. We it, it's you know I grew up around here just like you guys did. Well, I'm not sure. I think I think I heard some closet Yankee coming out just a little bit ago, but I'm not really sure. But uh, you know, you and I are from uh, around these parts, from God's even country, more from West Dave. Tennessee. But yeah. It's a, it's it's just a great place. It's a good place to live, good place for outdoorsmen, and it's it's just awesome. I've been there all my life, and I can't think of anything I'd rather do, but except for my yearly Missouri deer hunt. Well, I can't know, and that's fair enough because uh, they have some big deer in Missouri. Oh yes, yes. Well, listen, you guys have a wonderful morning, and uh, if you can find out anything on uh, the genetics on Keith Overman, maybe we can drain the gene pool. All right, I do. Hey, I got to ask you, what uh, what part of the world are you driving through right now? Well, I'm actually uh, on 75 South coming past Sweetwater here. I'm kind of heading back to Georgia to call it a day. Well, good for you. All right. Well, be safe and, and, and stay out of uh, stay out of trouble. Okay, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks. See you, Dave. There you go. I looked up his genetics. He's got a degree in communication and not biology. And obviously he can't communicate, so he's not using his degree. So Keith <laughs> Oberman from Rob Pritula, who has no degree in communications, if you can't be nice, keep your mouth shut. You know, he, yeah. That's just another example. I'm tired I'm tired of being attacked uh, as sportsman. Yes. I don't have to, you don't have to like what I do. But unless I'm violating something. Oh, I can open up a whole can of worms right here. I've got a perfect example. All right. Well, I disagree. I, I, you bought your license. You can do with it. You know, you can keep fish. Great. I believe in catch and release, except for a few species. But normally I catch and release. It's not that I can't clean fish. It's not that I don't eat fish. It's just I don't. You can keep that. That I don't have a problem with. I have a problem with bow fishing. But those people paid their license fees, and they can bow fish. I disagree with bow fishing. I don't like bow fishing. But if you put up a Facebook picture of a carp you just you know shot, I'm not going to say anything because you have the right, and you ha- obviously have the talent to do it. Well done, you. I'm not going to make any comments about it. It is perfectly legal to do that. I disagree with it, but that's me. Okay. So, you know, that's my little, I don't get on Facebook and say, oh, you, you killed that fish and, you know, now, you know, are you going to eat that carp? You're, you're evil. I'm not going to go be some keyboard warrior and just go off on somebody. That You paid your fee just like everybody else. You may do with it as you wish. So. That's a good point. I you're right. Yeah, it's not something you you like. It's not something you condone. But you're not going to stand in the way of somebody following a legal pursuit. No, no. It's like you know, we were talking the other night at the Trout Unlimited meeting. I, uh, I want to say I I do need to preface this by saying there was a gentleman who had just purchased a license and there was some confusion and the, it was cleared up. And the only reason it was cleared up is because I've been hanging around with Tony Sanders, who has explained a lot of stuff to me about the licensing process and the TWRA. So I was holding court at uh, Trout Unlimited the other night explaining licenses and stuff. But the license procedure, we were talking about how the money is allocated and why he needed to buy this license versus that license. And I said, if you buy the sportsman's license, it covers everything. I said, it covers your turkey tags, uh, your teleco daily permit, it covers, you know, the one license that pretty much covers it all. I said, it covers bear tags. He goes, do you bear hunt? I said, no. 
it's not that I am anti bear hunting. I just have it's like you with Africa. You want to go shoot something specific. I I have no desire to bear hunt. Mm-hmm. Deer, yes. Turkey, yes. Bear, I it's just not one, something that's on my list. Cool. But you know, I'm for the guys who do bear hunt. I, I agree with bear hunting, unlike bow fishing. But hey, more bear pictures the better. All right. If they actually ate the fish, they both fished with that. That that to me that would make it a little bit better, okay. but uh, you can only bow fish for rough species, and a lot of the rough species like gar and carp are yeah, I wouldn't carp carp carp's good. Yeah. We are going to Nashville at some point this year and eating Asian carp. Asian carp, yes, I'm, they're hitting regular common carp. I know, but I'm not going to eat that thing. All right. We'll uh, we'll go pay a bill and, and thanks, David. You got us on food now. Yeah. Well, we were on turkey. We just weren't thinking about it as a, well. You said a but, food source. You, no, you said butterball. I did say butterball. Yeah. We'll be right back. There's a chill in the air. Campfires are burning. We're gathered. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with you on this Saturday morning. Enjoying whatever it is you want to talk about, and if not, we'll talk about what we want to talk about. That's kind of how it works here. All right, what are you looking at? you got all kinds of stuff going on. What's this mama bear thing? Well, actually, I've seen two different videos. There's one. There's a great one on uh, News Channel 9 if you want to go check it out, and it says mama bear helps cubs cross streets safely. There's a mama bear and four little black cubs that are, oh, God, they're, they're cute little things, but... She's helping them get across the street, and it happened over in Cades Cove. There was another one that uh, has been going viral that was from Cades Cove. It was a different bear. It had a little bit bigger cubs, but it was also crossing the road. The bears are out and moving. And, in fact, um, the Western North Carolina Nature Center that is over there, the Trillum Trail, 
which is a very popular destination for people to bring their kids and look at nature and stuff like that. It's got a, a raised walkway. It has been closed because of bear activities and the trail uh, the Trillum Trail in North Carolina will be closed until further notice because of high levels of black bear activity. Uh, they wanted to ensure the safety of their guests and the safety of the bears. The bears are out and moving, and this week my whole feed has been people seeing bears in Cades Cove, seeing uh, bears on the other side of the park, and obviously over in Asheville, North Carolina. A lot of bear activity going on. The mamas are with cubs. So if you are heading out into the woods right now, we are in bear country. Just bear that in mind. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, uh, honestly, wasn't a pun. I didn't think about it until after I said it. But um, we are in bear country here, so just be aware. Be barely aware. But <laughs> That was intentional. That one was intentional, but. There are a lot. The bears are out moving, especially with the cubs. So watch yourself. Well, and and you got to remember, and yeah, the the cub thing I think is more important. Um, a a single bear will typically leave you alone. A mama bear. There's a reason the all the, the old wives tells about mama bears. Mm-hmm. You know, and you hear you hear we talk about it. Hey, she's just she's a mama bear, right? That means she's gonna she's gonna kick your butt. Exactly. Don't mess with her children, and and they can get really nasty. And many of the bear attacks we hear about are the ones where a person has inadvertently got between a mama bear and her cubs. Right. And that's a bad place to be. And the bears doing what a mama bear does. They're defending their cubs and trying to keep their cubs safe. And if you're in between them, you're you're something that it is potentially going to do harm, so that threat must be removed. And that's exactly what the bears do. But unfortunately, they some have figured out that we're not as mean and big and tough as we think we are and that we actually, you know, are pretty easy to dispatch. So just be aware if you're out and about. Uh, the bears are actively moving right now. And we've had that discussion before, too. Um, they're good. Every time we have to euthanize a bear we get into a lot of debates the reason that we we have to do that is is once a bear realizes how fragile we really are as humans there's no stopping them the thing that works to our advantage i mean what do they tell you when you encounter a bear make yourself as big as you can and make noise and make noise so you raise your arms you scream you do all kinds of stuff you spook the bear because the bear goes well, this big dummy here, I don't want to mess with. I don't know what it is. I don't want to mess with it. And they, they run and do the thing. That's good bear. But when they encounter us in such a way that one of us ends up getting hurt, which is always the human, uh, then they're like, hey, you know, those big scary things aren't that scary. Mm-hmm. And it's and it, it's, it's all there is to it. That, and I've always heard a fed bear is a dead bear because once they rely, start relying on people for food and associate people with food, that can also go south real quick. Too. Oh, yeah. So don't feed the bears. Keep your eyes out for bears, if you, especially if you're going into North Carolina or the park areas this weekend because uh, I know a lot of people are really enjoying the Smoky Mountains National Park right now because of the spring temperatures and the spring blooms and the people are hunting the mushrooms up in the hills and be careful. There you go. Because Tony Sanders Outdoors cares. 
Hey, look what I found, man. What'd you find? I'm sorry. That's okay. Oh, I started looking at the auction site. Uh-huh. They have sit-stand desks. Oh, they have sit-stand desks? Yes. I've been wanting one for my office at the house. A sit-stand desk? Yes. Which is it? Whichever one you want. Oh, okay. That's the beauty of it. It's whatever <laughs> you want. Those are nice. Those are really nice. Huh. Did I, I didn't say that on the air, did I? What? No, they don't have any at all. No sits? No, that no. one's sold. It's already sold. Yeah, it's sold. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. A month in advance. Yep, it's already sold. <laughs> Too late. Uh, we're going we're gonna to mark that to watch. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This one is pre-bidding's open on this one. My bad. It's closed. <laughs> it's already been bought. It's gone. All Ooh. right. Where are we going? Uh, Elk tag. I want one. Get one. Um, I've been trying. In fact, this year I'm going to double my chances. I'm going to put in for the regular draw that I always put in for and I never get drawn for. And I'm going to buy an elk tag for 20 bucks in a raffle that benefits the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Foundation. A single ticket is 20 bucks, or I can buy three tickets for $50, and I can buy 10 tickets for $100 from now until August 2nd. And there is no limit on the number of raffle tickets that I can buy. And the grand prize winner will have the opportunity to participate in the 2019 Rifle Elk Hunt in the Premier Elk Zone within the North Cumberland Wildlife Management Area. Did um, did it say in that article how many we sold last year? I shall look. Uh, the results from last year's raffle generated uh, $224,840. So twenty two thousand four hundred eighty of you, four hundred eighty four of you put in. Or there were, I'm sorry, twenty two thousand four hundred eighty four tickets purchased last year. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And I'd hope to see that. I, I want to see that go over, a, you know, a quarter of a million dollars this year. I would love to see that happen as well. And I'm definitely putting in some money for this, just so at least I double my chances because. That's pretty much the only chance I'm going to have. You know, it's it's funny. This was, uh, when I first got on the commission, that's one of the things Richard Sims talked about, was he wanted to, you know, the, the auction thing started out cool. Yeah, the eBay auction. Yeah, but in reality, that just very quickly became limited to people with a lot of money. It did. Uh, and, I, I mean, I put in on it, okay? I don't have a lot of money. But I kind of looked at it from a standpoint, if I go to Colorado, I'm going to spend five thousand dollars on a hunt so i i and, and there was one or two that sold it like just a little bit over six so i was close but this is open to everybody and allows you and, and the funny part is uh, our current chairman kurt holbert was actually pushing this for a couple of years to get it through the the process to get it legalized where we could do this and we're actually looking at doing others really yeah such as or can you say well i don't know i don't know that i can okay but uh, and actually, what I, I, there's nothing to say yet. Um, but we have some ideas of what we would like to do. Um, as popular as crane hunting is, maybe we'll put crane in there. Uh. <laughs> that that no, that's a that's a good idea. But anyway, uh, we're looking at a couple of others and and trying to get the the legislation passed so we can do that, uh, and which will be kind of exciting because there are some. There are some great hunting opportunities in uh, in Tennessee that we could do that. President's Island would be one. Yes. I've had a lot of people mention that. Um, there's some um, 
great deer hunting opportunities that not the average person can't get to. So there's a lot of opportunities out there. I like the crane idea. That's a good idea. Mm. All right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a thousand guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. It sits above the mountain. 267 to be part of the show. If not, it'll be our show. We have a calendar of events. We do. We do. Next Saturday, the 27th, the Cleveland State uh, Community College, their Center for Natural Resources program, their wildlife program, is going to be having a wild game dinner at Cleveland State Community College. Doors open at 430 and a $10 donation is suggested. So if you want to head up the road to Cleveland and go to a wild game dinner, head over to Cleveland State Community College. This is a great program over there, and uh, I would highly encourage everybody to go over there and support that. I wish I was going to be in town. This is uh, Robert Brewer's program out there. They do all kinds of things for the community. They're at a lot of events with kids. Uh, When we do the warrior hunts, they process uh, deer. When we do uh, hunts, uh, where we're doing, you know, studies, where TWR goes in and into an area and and studies um, the deer scientifically for health reasons. Uh, those guys will come in and help uh, do the study. Then they'll process it and take the the meat so it's not wasted and feed and take it to the uh, community kitchens or whatever. Whoever whoever will use it, uh, which I think is a great thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, and. They were just awarded, uh, well, I don't know if we covered it or not, Rob. They won a prestigious national award um, with uh, the group out in Arizona where they do a, a student swap, and wow. uh, it was huge. Uh, we'll have to go back and find that story because it's a great program. Oh, yes, most definitely. So head on up to Cleveland uh, next Saturday starting at 430. I wish I was going to be here. Uh, it's at the Cleveland uh, State Community College, so head on up there. And they say ten dollars to suggest a donation. Double it. Double it. Yeah, may, be nice. Be nice. We're all outdoorsmen are generally nice, so double it. Uh, also coming up on May fourth, the Sportsman's Warehouse Dream Tournament is going out of Chester Frost at Safe Light. Always a great event there. 
on We'll June. be broadcasting live there, by the way. We will literally be on the banks of beautiful Tennessee River. Right. With water lapping up against I may stick my toes in the water, depending on how. Not it if works. it's 43 degrees yeah. like it is today. We've, we've had some cold and wet on that tournament. We've also had warm and hot, too, so. We don't know. Way. We don't know what we'll have that day, but we will be there at the at the banks of of the river uh, or Chester Frost impoundment. It's not really not impounded. Mm, uh, run with it. It's good enough. Okay, uh, <laughs> we'll be broadcasting right from the uh, uh, the ramp. We'll mm-hmm. be right at the ramp. So look forward to being out there again. You can almost smell the exhaust when we're out there. You can smell the exhaust. We can, but they can they can smell it vicariously through there. Our, you go there. You go through, through the radio. On the June 1st, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is having their banquet at Alhambra Shrine. The doors open at 5 p.m. Uh, July 20th, the Friends of the NRA is going to be having their banquet starting at 5 p.m. at the Weston. Great location there. And in September, on September 5th, the Medal of Honor Heritage Center Sporting Clays event is going to be out at Benton Sporting Clays. So you can check that out, and all the money will go to helping out the Medal of Honor Heritage Center to help set up their new museum up there. so It's going to be really cool, too. It's, I, it's huge. I know, I've, I've heard. I've heard. Uh, we actually went in the other day, and um, uh, it's, it's under construction, but I'm part of the, the uh, sporting clothes deal. Yeah. And so we actually had uh, lunch there. I mean, let's get Adam. We only got just a few minutes. Hey, Adam, we just got just about 45 seconds. That's no worries, man. I'm just calling this morning because I'm up, and a uh, bunch of us are heading up to the uh, Smokies above the Teleco to go fishing. Just thought we'd give you guys, the, you know, the old heads up that you got a few listeners this morning. Well, awesome. thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a ball. What are you you're going after? You're going after trout? Oh yeah, the old elusive Appalachian brookie. Oh, you're going after the brookie. Well, be careful because the bears are out and about, but big time. Well, I'm going with guys that run slower than I do. Sweet. Sweet. That is, that is perfect. Uh, I would probably fit in that category. I can. Assure, I don't know. If i got a bear behind me, I might be pretty quick. I might surprise you. But, uh, no, be careful. You tripped and, uh, me. Who are you kidding? You just tripped me. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But, uh, man, I hope well, you have you know, a great that, time. That, that opens up the whole debate about what the best caliber you know, to defend yourself from bears is. Whatever yeah. it, you know, whatever it takes to 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 make your leg not work anymore. <laughs> that, that, that's exactly right. Exactly right. But you know, like I said, we're just we're up. We're about to light out of here. And and uh, and Tony, I've met you once, and Rob and I. Um, you know, we go back and forth all the time, and yes, sir. I always try to call in when we're up. Thank so, you, Adam. No Appreciate it, man. Have a good trip. All right, all right, guys. Have Bye. a good day. Appreciate you. Bye. We'll be right back. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vest, grab into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. I can make a living. Welcome back. Hour number two, Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you this chilly, cold Easter weekend. I was talking to some of my guys in uh, India yesterday. And, of course, Easter is a Christian 
audit. Protestant, mm-hmm. Christian. And um, I get, well, I guess he transcends other religions too. But anyway, it's not Hindu for sure. Yeah. And so I asked him, I said, I know you don't, you know, celebrate Easter there, but do you guys celebrate anything around this time of the year? <laughs> His response to classic, he said, no, but we do have chocolate. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> and so I said, yeah. well, enjoy your chocolate bunny. Because <laughs> apparently that's what they're going to be eating. Now, 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 see, this is where my mind goes. Do they have rabbits, some form of rabbit in India? I don't know. I, I don't know either. See, this is where my mind goes. I'm thinking outdoors. I'm thinking, you know, we got bunnies running around. They're a sign of spring. You know, we've I've seen quite a few rabbits lately, and, you know, uh, rabbits associated with Easter. And I, when you bring up India, I'm like, don't even know if they have rabbits. I don't have a clue. Uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. That they was do funny. have chocolate. <laughs> they do have chocolate. So, and he did said he did he he did say he watches it on TV every once in a while. The Easter celebrations. Oh, okay. Even though it's not you know something that they celebrate. So where are we going? I'm trying to find out if there's rabbits in India. <laughs> I'm stuck on that now. Now, yeah, so if I go back, I do plan on fishing this this time. You do. Oh, I well, do. the high Himalayan streams, because it was a British protectorate and territory at one time, wherever the British went, they brought trout. So you have a very good chance of catching trout in a lot of those streams if you go mm-hmm. back. And they do have a native species called a mashir, which is a prized game fish. It's kind of like a white fish with barbels, but apparently when they hit, they hit lures and flies like uh, it owes them money. So they're a very, very tough species. So, hmm. anyway, I think it'd be fun. I think so too. I'd I'd love to fish. I'd love to fish in a very foreign country. I mean, I think that would be. I mean, how many people can? Well, except for the entire population of India, how many people can say they fished in India? You know, you know what? Well, okay. Now that I think this whole thought process out, never mind. I I I, I took I took Stop. myself down a verbal cul-de-sac, and now I'm stuck. <laughs> Yeah, turn around. Uh, too late. Turn around. <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, so where where are we going? Get us out of here. All right, hang on. Uh, oh, we got poaching pinheads. All right, good. We got we got a a poaching pinhead here. A teenage hunter can be fined almost twenty thousand dollars for an illegal moose kill. A nineteen year old hunter in Colorado has been fined nearly twenty thousand dollars after shooting and killing and then abandoning a moose in November of 2018. Colorado Parks and Wildlife was tipped off about the young man's actions by a fellow hunter who found the dead moose. Officials responded to the scene recovered a 270 caliber bullet from the animal's spoiled carcass, along with tracks of the suspect's boots. Police were able to use the bullet and positively identify the hunter who shot the moose as he was staying at a nearby camp. The young man admitted to shooting the moose while out elk hunting. He said he... He said the animal was too far away to be positively identified and did not have a moose hunting license. So he shot it anyway? Right. Misidentification of game. What did he think it was? An elk. I, yeah, I'm, we, we can debate that here in just a minute. All right, let's, let's talk to Bruce. <laughs> hey, Bruce. Hey, Tony. I think Rob, uh, uh, he don't know. We call Kargos rabbit. 
Okay. Gravity, we call Kargos in my language. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we have a lot of fish, all different kinds. Well, I am. Uh, I, I I don't know when I'm going back, but I plan on fishing this time. Oh, good. Yeah. So where you, which uh, which part? Still you're going Punjab, Delhi. Well, I'll be I'll be working in uh, the New Delhi Nodia area, and then Noida, uh, right. And, yeah. And so I don't know exactly where, but last time I went to uh, Jaipur, uh, for yeah. for sightseeing, and yeah. uh, and but this time I'm gonna stay nearby and fish. But if you want to go fish, they also go to Calcutta. Calcutta? Because they, they eat everyday fish. Okay. I will take Calcutta that. or uh, South Kerala. Okay. In the down south. Yeah, absolutely. Did I pronounce? So they eat fish, a lot of fish. Okay. Hey, Bruce, did I pronounce that fish correctly? Mashir? Mm, Mashir fish name? Yes. I don't know. Okay. I appreciate, I don't know. appreciate you letting me know about the rabbits, though, because I was actually curious. See, this is the kind of listeners we have. Uh-huh. I ask a question, and they call in. I like this. <laughs> yeah, you are funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. At least you think so. <laughs> yeah, Tony, I think he's, uh, he's uh, more knowledge about other part of the world than you are. Oh, gosh, I yes. know you are a professor, but you are a professor in America. Yes, and I I do not teach geography. I teach I teach right. technology, not uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we're yeah. Gonna, we're going to educate him because if I go over there, he's going to have to help me get ready to go fishing. You know, Rob, I I am a, I am a painter. I go to Chattanooga Street uh, doing painting at okay. retirement age. Okay, cool. Yeah, I like uh, I go two three times a week. You know, oh good, to do painting. Well, well, hey, come by my office if you're on campus. I'm over in the HSC building. HSC. Yeah, the health science right. building. Oh, health. Oh, health. Okay, I know. I go second floor. You know. That's exactly where I am. I'm. I'm. Come on up. I'm right across from the division offices. I think your wife or somebody work uh, in the dentist, right? Yes, my wife works in the dental clinic. I know. That's why I. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Mandy. Mandy told me. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll see you. Thank you, Bruce. See, you, Bruce. Okay then. Bye bye. There you go. My wife is more popular than I am. Of yeah, course. they know my wife at Chattanooga State. Sure, why not? Of course. Of course. <laughs> uh, but no, there you go. Yeah. You I, ask about rabbits, and now, you, now I have the answer. So they will have chocolate rabbits. Good. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a chocolate fan, but anyway. Uh, where was I? I was, I was moose hunting and, elk, and shot an elk. No. Okay. Yeah. Check that. Reverse it. Was elk hunting, shot a moose, didn't have a moose license. Um, so I'll leave it laying. So, yeah, I leave it laying. Uh, he pled guilty to five misdemeanor violations, including uh, hunting in a careless manner, failing to locate wounded game, failing to dress wildlife. I'm assuming that's wanton waste. Uh, illegal possession of wildlife and hunting without a license. He's well, looking at over possibly, uh, he was sentenced to pay $10,000 in fines in addition to a mandatory $10,000 fine for killing a bull moose elk that would have qualified as trophy game. He also faces wow. a possible five-year suspension of his hunting and fishing privileges in 47 states. Good for him. Uh, that was a smart move on his part. Yeah. The uh, DNR said, we understand hunting mistakes happen, but we expect sportsmen and sportswomen to take immediate responsibility for their actions. You know, I, I would imagine if he had taken, well, he would have, why do you shoot something you don't know what it is? 
I don't get it. Okay, and my problem is I I understand they're both large antlered animals, but they don't look anything alike. If he's out where, there making that, was, he shouldn't where, be hunting. On, stop. Where was he? Colorado. Okay. Uh, you know, because the eastern moose have horn, normal horns and not right the big sc- bladed, yeah, yeah, scoops, scoop things, yeah. No, I'm with you on that, but um, if you can't tell the difference between a bull moose and an elk, you shouldn't be hunting. And if you're shooting at something that I can't tell what it is, oh, there's something out there. I'll just go ahead and shoot. There again, you should. That could have been a human. Could have been. So he's sentenced to uh, to possibly pay over twenty thousand dollars and lose his license. You know, for five years. I'm not as concerned about the money, but I do think he ought to not be able to hunt for a while. I really do. I think that's. I'm mo- sorry. I think that's more of a punishment. I I think the I think. The the fact that he shot at something not knowing what it is is a unforgivable mistake or unforgivable act. It's not a mistake. That's just wrong. There's too many things it could have been. It could have been human. It could have been Sasquatch. It could have been anything. Okay. But just to take a shot and not be able to identify it, shame on you, dude. Mm-hmm. You don't need to hunt for... Five years is, is kind of kind. Maybe he should be off. I mean, in addition to the $20,000 in loss of privileges for five years, maybe he should be uh, forced to retake the hunter safety education because obviously he's not paying attention to anything if he Every had. year for the next five years. Good call. Hey, that would be good. I like that. Let me be. Let me be a judge. Let me pass some sentences. I'll get creative in my sentencing. Oh, gosh, yeah. I think, you know, if you, if I, yes, mistakes happen. I've been watching, um, I don't know if you ever watch it on Animal Planet, they have a northern game where they go out with Maine, uh, and now they're in New Hampshire, and they do Texas as well. There was one where a guy shot a deer and did not realize there was another deer behind it. Both deer dropped, and he first thing he did is they called the DNR for that state. The guy came out and said, what happened? He looked, he lined it up, he you know, looked at where the guy's knee print was, looked where the deer were, said, you know what, honest mistake, you can't keep both of them. Uh, because you called us, we're not going to, you know, be more careful next time. They gave him an education. But they, you know, if he had kept both deer, you know, that's when you're breaking the law. But the guy, you know, he said, oops, called DNR, and DNR worked with him. They took the second deer and gave it to uh, Food Bank or Community Kitchen or something along those lines, you know. As long as you're honest and, you know, fess up to it, hey, I made a bad shot on something I didn't know, that probably wouldn't have been quite as bad, but this kid tried to cover it up and hide it. Yeah, all right. I w- I w- here, here, here's some of the sensing. All right. I, five, if we're going to say five years, okay, no okay. hunting for five years. All right. Hunter education every year for the next five years. Okay, I've got no problem Including with teaching it. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Uh, you know, I had that guy came to my hunter safety class who had been hunting without a tree stand or without a safety belt and fell out of a tree stand, broke his back, several bones or whatever, and was... But he was also doing illegal things when he was hunting. He was hunting illegally, too. So the judge, instead of sentencing him to fines and all the crap that, you know, may or may not be an impact, he made the guy for two years go to every hunter education class within, uh, I forgot how far, 75 miles of his home, uh, or make himself available to every hunter education class, 75 miles of his home, to talk about tree stand safety. 
That's creative. I like that. It was. I, I thought it was a great idea. And he came and talked to one of my classes. And it, it's pretty powerful when you're talking to a guy that fell, you know, 18 feet out of a tree and had to crawl for two days to get to his four-wheeler with a broken back. That's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And a guy that spent several months in the hospital and before, trying not to die. Right. You know, so I, it, was, it, was, it was pretty great. This guy ought to take hunter safety and teach it. Uh, I think he ought to be sentenced to um, work with groups who do the warrior hunts and things like that uh, just to help and give back. I, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can do it to, to, to make your point without being dollars and stuff like that, which, I mean, this kid's, uh, he's, he was 18, 19. 19 years old. I mean, he probably didn't have $20,000. I'm guessing not. So, it, anyway, so that just my thoughts that's a really good that's a really good thing i mean the sweat equity that would be put in would probably be worth what the fine would be so sentence seemed to work on a uh, a wildlife management area yeah uh one day a month or two days a month weekend mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of things you can do we're getting creative all right we'll be back tony sanders outdoors Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning, Easter weekend little nippy out there in the low 40s if you're in the Chattanooga area. If you're not in the Chattanooga area, look at your own weather map and figure out what you're at. Go outside. Go outside and figure it out. So. We are not the weather channel. We are not. People are, are headed to the woods this morning. Turkey season's only got, what, three, four weeks left? Mm-hmm. Late, late season turkey hunting. That's when I start. Well, yeah, you have to. Or any time after, what is it, April 15th? Yeah. <laughs> That's when I get started. Yeah. So I am I am working towards that now. We need, Yeah, we really need to talk to them about moving the season to make it more conducive for our schedule. 
I agree. I agree 100%. So. I was looking at my turkey gear. It's, it's all stacked in one area. I was like, yeah, I need to go through that and make sure I've got everything. From there's, I think there's some – I use some uh, – I forget what I use. I use some sundry materials and make sure I had all my shot shells in one spot that I needed in case – in the event I get to actually go out sometime in the very near future. Right. So I was just taking a quick uh, glance around, so <laughs> seeing what I could – needed to replenish what well, you know that's one kind of thing that's kind of cool about turkey is uh, it's you don't consume a lot no no you don't have to it's a short season yeah and you will probably not shoot more than five times a year if that but i was just making sure and i checked my shotgun to make sure i had the right choke in it and in the event that i go out so really? I had a, I had to take a I had to take the choke out and put the turkey choke in because I had a different choke in. So I'm ready to go. It's just gotten gotten to get out there and get going. So, but as far as turkey gun goes, um, you know, it, to me, I really enjoy. I guess it. I don't know. I enjoy it more than deer hunting. I think because of one, it's interactive, and two, um, I think it's the interactive of the calling. And yes, you can call too much. And yes, you can call too little, but I think it's the interaction. That's, I think that's why I'm drawn to like the duck hunting, the crane hunting. I think it's the interaction rather than just, you know, deer hunting per se. But that's my two cents on it. Well, no, I mean that's that's um, that's why I like bird hunting myself. Yeah. So, and a turkey would be a bird. Yeah, most of the time. And I enjoy upland bird hunting just simply because, like you know, one, I've said it before. One of my favorite things is to watch the dogs. I love oh, yeah. watching. I love watching the dogs work and and do what they were bred to do. And and you know, seeing a good gun dog, that I, that to me is is you know just as good as harvesting something. So you know what we need to do is we need to go to the national field trials. We can broadcast from over there. Oh yeah, but that's um, I'd love to see some of those dogs. Why? But I, man, I've I've seen articles and, and I've seen a lot of uh, ink taken up in columns all, talking about it. I've never been to it, but I would love to go to that just to see some of those wonderfully trained dogs and, and see how they, you know, manage the situations they're given and the, the points right. and the all that. Absolutely. Oh, it's got to be amazing. Have, you haven't been, have you? No. Okay. Uh, and it's right here in Tennessee, which is the sad part. Yeah. So we need to go there. It's yep. a beautiful place. We went there last December when we were to the to the area, and um, it was um, it was a beautiful place, big open rolling hills, horses. Yeah, uh, that 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 to me is also part of it. The equestrian issue or issue the equestrian part of it is always yep. nifty to watch as well. Um, California is moving to ban trapping. Yes, you know. I wish the I'd, I'd love to have uh, John Daniels take on this. California Assembly has introduced a um, bill to ban what little remains of recreational trapping in the state, as well as eliminate fur dealers and fur agent licenses in California. It's a pass the Senate Assembly Appropriations Committee, twelve to three, and is now. Uh, headed to the assembly floor for full vote. 
It's already illegal in California to use commonly used traps such as conibear, leg hold traps, or snares as a result of a 1998 ballot initiative. I thought we were a republic, a representative republic. I thought we were too. Why do we keep having ballot issues out there? Of course, California is not representative of anything normal. Okay. Uh, Cards and letters to Tony Sanders. I don't care. (laughs) Uh, Assembly Bill 273 would prohibit any recreational trapping and ban the sale of furs, removing what little revenue they had to help offset the cost of associated with trapping. Now, I can probably find you an article about the number of cats that have become coyote baits, too. Mm-hmm. Or uh, small dogs. Or small dogs out in California, but that's okay. The Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, AFWA, which is headed by... <laughs> Tennessee's own Ed Carter, um, along with wildlife biologists, American Association of Wildlife Veterinarians, and American Veterinary Medical Association, all support the use of trapping in wildlife. These organizations recognize the importance that trapping plays in maintaining and managing healthy animal populations, as well as uh, helping control diseases such as rabies and other detrimental to pets and humans. The special interest group, duh, pushing this <laughs> and similar legislation nationwide are being disingenuous at best with the public. Recreational trapping is a tool to help prevent overpopulation of fur bearers, so stated consequences such as spread of disease and damage to infrastructure. Because this bill eliminates population management of fur bearers by recreational trapping, the only way to address the problem these animals will cause will be after an outbreak of rabies or damage has been done and by other nuisance trappers at a cost to taxpayers. For 20 years, California has only permitted trapping under very limited circumstances. AB 273 would eliminate that. Boom. That's absolutely ridiculous. When these Hollywood types out there get their little chihuahua dogs starting to get eaten because they are overrun with coyotes, and I I think I saw a story a couple, maybe a year ago, a coyote grabbed like a four-year-old in California and was trying to drag the kid off, and the parents came out and the coyote ran off. There are coyotes all over the place out there, and if nobody's trapping them, they're going to get worse. So when you're living in your million-dollar mansion in California and your little dog gets eaten, I don't want to hear jack out of you because you have just removed the best way to control that predator. You know, and, and I'll be the first to admit, trapping was not ever something that really appealed to me, kind of like you and your bow fishing. Mm-hmm. The, the trapping was, until I took a trapping class. And right. Like, you know, there's a lot of usefulness in this. And it's not just setting out a trap. I mean, no, when we took the there's class, a science to it. there is, yeah. And that's what fascinated me was that you have to know about your quarry. I mean, a lot. I guarantee you have to know a lot more about your quarry than a hunter does. Exactly. Because a hunter, I can take a shot several hundred yards away and, you know, and, and, and drop my animal. Whereas that, i got to be able to figure out how to get that sucker to come to me. Exactly. And that fascinated me. I have no problem with trapping. And, I mean, it is a, it is a way to keep fur bears and, and, and some predators at bay. They, when, when you get a beaver up in somewhere in California and he dams a river and you got no water for the summer and everything catches on fire because there's no water you got to blame the beaver. How could have we stopped this? Oh, wait, we could have trapped a couple of them. I mean, I don't want to hear 
I don't want to hear it from California when this comes out. I mean, your dog gets eaten, tough. All right. Well, personally, I don't want to hear from California, period. Well, that's true, too. All right. We'll leave it at that. All right. Tony Center's Outdoors, we will be right back. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. I see lots of our friends have woken up and watching us on Facebook. Hey, guys, thanks for doing that. Mr. Watson woke up. He's getting ready to head off on his quest. Looking forward to that. Jim Edmeister's on. Hey, Jim. So, hello to all you guys. Let's go to the phones for Mr. Gavin. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Tony Tiger, Rob the Shark. How are you, sir? Good. How you guys doing, man? Man, we're just trying to do a radio show. <laughs> I hear we're you, trying. man. I just wanted to say a blessing and happy Easter to... Uh, the Pritula and the uh, Tony Sanders family. Well, you're awful kind, Tom. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Hope That's you... okay, man. Uh, do, do me a favor. You yeah. just had mentioned that uh, compass.com. Yeah, yeah. soldoncompass.com. Yeah. yeah, spell the first word. Sold, S-O-L-D. Oh, S-O-L-D. Sold I'm, uh, on compass.com. Sold compass.com. No, sold Thanks, on. Man. Own, O-N. Sold on Oh, sold on compass. Yep. That's really good. I, uh, if I have something, I want to sell it on compass. <laughs> yeah, I get you now. I'm from New Jersey, and I didn't think people spoke so badly in the South. Uh, I'm doing good. <laughs> oh. oh, he's talking now. Yeah, they got they got a lot of cool stuff. So uh, check it out. Uh, now, don't sell your don't sell your side by side. Remember, I want that if you decide to sell that. I hear you, man. I hear you. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm coming up with a number as, as we're, as we're, uh, right. we're sitting here. That works for me. <laughs> you, 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 you guys be bad. Thanks, Tom. Uh, have a great one, man. You too. Have a great Easter. Bye. Bye. You too, kiddo. Peace. Bye. The, um, he's got a really nice four by four. 
Yes, side by side. Yes, he does. Mm. We shared a goose blind this year together. Or a goose, listen to me. Crane. 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 Yeah, the other big bird. Yeah, you right? mean the other bird I didn't get to hunt? Yes, I wasn't going to bring that up, but since you have, uh, I did get to share a, a uh, crane <laughs> blind with uh, Dr. Gavin. So Always nice sharing a blind with him. It, he Spending a couple hours with uh, Dr. Gavin, it, it's... A hoot. It, it was, and, and uh, uh, Dr. Broom was in there, and I think I was the only one in there without a doctorate. Um, <laughs> we had some well-educated people in that blind, and boy, the conversation was rather eclectic, so... Well, I mean, we went, you know, from economics to pharmacy to engineering to outdoors to, it was, it was, it was a great hunt. Sorry you couldn't have been on it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. All right, what we got left? We only got one thing. Oh. Okay. Uh, I don't know that I want to get into this. I okay. Waited, I waited too late in the show. Okay. Uh, we can, we can touch our base on it. Polk County has voted to become a gun sanctuary. So here, here, here was the discussion I was having. I don't think there's anybody here that listens to this show that has any doubt where I stand on gun issues. No, it's been made crystal clear. Yeah, I, I have not tried to, uh, to, to temper that or hide that or keep it under the bushel, anything. But I have a real problem with this whole sanctuary crap stuff. You've got cities that are trying to become sanctuary cities to keep the federal government from doing things with illegal aliens. Correct. Illegal being the key word there. Uh, then you have, so that you have these cities say, we're not going to help. Okay. The same people that are complaining about these sanctuary cities are the same people that are pushing these gun sanctuaries. Right. Which they're saying, look, I don't care what the federal government says, we're not going to, allow anything to happen if if they pass a gun law. So the the one debate that I struggle with is the difference between second amendment and the the amendments related to constitution and all that stuff related to immigration. So uh, right. But what we're talking about is is the 10th amendment. The ability of states rights. So it's it's the same thing that came up when they were talking about national cons- carry are you do you, you want the states you want the government to override states rights on that for, issue for national carry on that issue but you don't want them to override it on other issues because you've got states that have passed laws that says I don't care what the government says about guns we're not going to enforce it so it, it's there's this debate and I find it hypocritical of people and and I said that and I caught some heat from people when I said well wait a minute now if I if I if I am truly for the Tenth Amendment states' rights, stay the hell out of me, my way government, federal government, then I can't be pushing for this now. I can't petition them for this and not and be against that because they're both Tenth Amendment issues. Correct. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm, I see. I see where you're going with that, and I see. And, I see and the to hypocrisy. me, this sanctuary gun thing is 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 truly symbolic. I, I no, because you got you got another issue in here. You got states issues, right? Because because we saw that with the the guns in the park area, they they set up the law that says um, you had a right to carry guns in the state of Tennessee. Well, cities came in and said, "Oh, but you can't carry them in our parks." 
and state came back and said, uh, no, you can't, you can't overrule us. Correct. Well, you have federal gets in here too. So you got all the, and it's like, it's, it's like selective, selective governing. And selective enforcement. We want you to enforce this, but not that. Yeah, but it's the same, it's the same issue ultimately. It, this just happens to be an issue I like, and that's not. Exactly. Thus the hypocrisy. So it, I, I just, and so I, I wish I had brought it up earlier so we could have had a, a, a discussion about it, but we really, we don't have time now. No. But I do, I do find it really a very fascinating discussion. And maybe we'll do, it's about time to do a, a, a weekend gun show. Not next weekend, we're not. You're doing a fishing show next weekend. Yeah, yeah I'm doing a fishing show next weekend. Because I'm not going to be here. Um, I may not do all fishing. There'll be something else. But, yeah, I'm not going into the gun debate because I've, I'll have i be honest, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out. Even I've been through the class and everything, but when I d- go to certain places, they've still got signs up, and I'm one of these people that I don't want to violate a rule. And I know, well, this sign may be correct and constitutional, and this one may not be, and if it's not, they can't enforce it, you know, some of that issue. And so I'm just like, I understand. I don't want to. I don't want to give out false information and say, "Yeah, go ahead, carry your gun into well wherever." One, one of the issues about constitutional carry is if it's not nationwide, then then you don't have the ability to carry in other states, right? Whereas a permit, I do have the ability to carry, assuming it's recognized by that state. There's reciprocity in those states, right? Because I've looked. When next time I drive back up to Massachusetts, I pretty much have to leave my gun at the. West Virginia border because is it West Virginia, New Jersey. Oh, it is. I got to leave it at the West Virginia border because Pennsylvania. I think Pennsylvania. Well, no, it's Pennsylvania border. Uh, New York won't recognize it. Connecticut, uh, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. None of those will recognize my permit. And I'm not driving through New Jersey. I'm sorry. I've been stuck on the New Jersey Turnpike for seven hours. I'm not driving in New Jersey ever again. Can you avoid New Jersey? Yeah, I just go up through New York. Interesting. Go and see our buddy Rob. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Well, he's up. He's way, way. New, he's up on the. Like he can spit and see Canada. I'm. I'm like going around New York City, so I don't have to drive through New York City. Except the last time I had to drive through New York City because Deborah said I want to see New York City, and I said I'm not driving through New York City. Get her a postcard. <laughs> so as we're going through Queens, uh, yeah. All right. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders outdoors. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. 
then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Beautiful Easter weekend. Cold and beautiful Easter weekend. All right, what's happening in the calendar, Rob? I don't know, Tony. Why don't you tell me what's happening in the calendar? Rob shut down his computer too quick. Yeah, I hit the wrong button. On the 27th of April, coming up, that would be... um, Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Cleveland State Center for Natural Resources Program. That'd be Robert Brewer's award-winning program of natural resource management is having a wild game dinner and that's happening at Cleveland State Community College. Doors open at 4.30 p.m. $10 to get in is a suggested donation. I suggest you donate more. That's just me. So it's happening at Cleveland State Community College, Cleveland State Center for Natural Resource Program. That'd be a great event. Go out there and help them. They're doing wonderful things for kids. Uh, the Sportsman's Warehouse Dream Tournament. That means in two weeks from today, Rob and I will be broadcasting live from the boat launch at Chester Frost County Park. Safe flight, they'll be blasting off, and we will be blasting off about 5 a.m., about an hour before safe flight. Uh, Come out there and see us. See Rob in his graduation regala. Uh. (laughs) So anyway, come check it out. June 1st. Rocky Mountain Elk Banquet. That'll be a, a wonderful time. That's going to be at the Alhambra Shrine over in East Brainerd. Uh, they were there last year. It was actually a very good location. Uh, June 1st, lots of parking. Good event. Check it out. 5 p.m., the doors open. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Banquet. Friends of NRA coming up on the 20th of July at the Weston downtown Chattanooga. Doors open 5 p.m. It will be a hoot. Go out and get your tickets now. My goal is to be sold out by June 1st. Good. So I'm just telling you, get your tickets now. I will not handle whining because you don't have a ticket. Not my problem. Get them now. Book now to avoid disappointment. Yep. And then on the 5th of September, the Medal of Honor Heritage Center is having a sporting clothes event up at Benton Shooting. Uh, that will be a lot of fun, and you'll hear, hear a lot more about that coming up in the near future. Am I going to be on your team for that one? Uh, no. Okay. Anybody I, needs a shooter for that, let me know. I, I want a chance at winning. <laughs> All right. Anything else? We're just going to have dead air for an hour, I mean a minute. And a half. <laughs> no. Other than that, uh, the be careful with the rains that came in. I noticed there was a lot of debris uh, coming out of North Chickamauga Creek. A uh, lot debris still coming out because you know, everything's still wet. So if you're running the river, be be cautious about uh, debris in the water, limbs wonder, and stuff like that. I wonder how many boat foots get taken off this time of the year. I'd say probably a lot. Wear your life jacket. Um, absolutely. So, check it out. 
Be careful when you're out there. Yes, please. Fishing's good. Get out there soon. All right. We got uh, about a minute. Oh, we do? What do you want to cover? I don't know. Got a little extra show prep, I guess. What? I don't know. I thought you had it. I thought you were doing the extra show prep. <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. Well, I hope everybody had a good time with us uh, this Saturday. I am so looking forward to going out to the Sportsman's Warehouse Dream Tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be broadcasting out. live. You're and I'm going to be out next week. I am. Uh, the TWRA is going to Paris, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, and since my family is off from there, I'm going to take an extra day and stay. Sounds like a plan. And uh, meet some of my family and stuff that I hadn't seen in a few years, and hang out with them, and then I'll be back the week after for sportsman. So I got the show by myself next weekend. You're yep. going to leave me the keys, right? I'm going to leave you the keys. Right. Good luck, man. All right. I appreciate it. All right. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Rob will see you next week. I get a little farm pond buzz. Sound of gravel when I'm backing up. Pulling the string on a nine You have been listening to a podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.